Hello, I'm Toby. I like Doctor Who, and I'm about to watch a story chosen for me by a friend with the aim of mining it for positives in order to guess what their favourite things about this particular adventure are. So join me, watch along with me if you like, or just listen as I chat to you, offer facts, opinions and observations, but mainly try to get us to those special planes that Doctor Who takes us to, those happy times and places. You're listening to Happy Times and Places, a positive Doctor Who episode commentary with me, Toby Haydoke. Let's meet our special guest. Hello, my name's Chris Boyle and I'm a full-time A-level law teacher and an incredibly part-time comedian and podcaster. The story that I've chosen is The Day of the Daleks, and the reason I've chosen that is because I do have problems uh, with the Third Doctor. Um, He should be my favourite. He's played by John Pertwee, he wears velvet jackets, he does incredibly complicated fight sequences whilst holding a glass of whiskey, and yet, more often than not, I find him a bit pompous and a bit superior, and it gets on my nerves. So I'm going to see if I can find the positives in a Third Doctor story. Well, welcome to Happy Times and Places. <laughs> I've got no idea how this is going to go. You're watching Doctor Who with me, either as a video, uh, possibly alongside the episodes, or as an audio, again, possibly alongside the episodes. I guess you'll work out how you like to do it best, which might be not at all. Um, and I'll work out how to do it best, but, but how to do it best but uh, I guess that's all part of the journey that we're on uh, uh, seeing as we're going nowhere uh, in any other sense uh, I uh, like you I'm sure are currently in currently in lockdown so um, that wasn't entirely a stumble free uh, introduction was it well that's uh, how it's going to be this is uh, unrehearsed and off the top of my head and let's see what happens. That blather has hopefully given you a chance to line up Day of the Daleks, episode one. However, you are watching it. I am watching it on the official BBC DVD, which is available uh, and you should buy. Uh, <laughs> uh, and here we are. We're going to press play in three, two, one. Well, there was quite a gap between me doing that at the start of the episode, but I guess that will happen. Welcome. I'm watching Day of the Daleks. A story that, uh, like many Doctor Who stories, I first discovered through the Target novel, and it's one of the better Target novels, because uh, Terence Dix, who was later doing them, I think, <laughs> once every other day, uh, uh, was... was one of a bevy of writers and and seem to have a bit more time and a higher word count and uh, it's it's a great book opens with a character called Moni uh, who we see later as Monia uh, on some sort of journey but not here this opens I think better for the TV series in the in the in the haunted house uh, so it's quite nice it looks like it's going to be um, uh, will you get the idea that it's uh, well certainly maybe I'm I'm misremembering him from the book you get the 
the the sort of mystery that has he seen a ghost and actually it's a ghost uh, from the future. Wilfred Carter here as Styles, uh, one of many pompous bureaucrats uh, we see in Doctor Who of this era. Although he is a pompous bureaucrat who uh, is apparently the man who is going to save the world, and I quite like that that he's uh, you know he's 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 actually no saint. And this is um, this is Tim Condren who's a who's a stuntman actually. Um, yeah, we're we're out of ghost story territory immediately. That's a that's a man in fatigues, so um, and with a with a futuristic gun. So, um, and it was curious. I remember it it being slightly confusing because the, I think the book very early on, or this this part of it, starts with a gorilla running through the forest or running through the grounds, and it's gorilla G U E R. But it confused me because it had the ogrons on the cover who look like gorillas um and i mean i was i was reading these books um before i was ready to really because i was so fascinated by doctor who i read books that had loads of words and situations i didn't fully understand which meant i then read the books again later and perhaps again later still uh and uh, i was remember not quite understanding the difference between a gorilla and a gorilla until I said to mum I thought gorilla was spelt like that and she went oh yes a gorilla is a sort of you know soldier freedom fighter type thing so I learned a new word I'm not quite sure what at the age of how, however I was uh, uh, the, how useful the word gorilla was going to be to me but uh, nonetheless um, I, I at least knew what it meant should I ever be uh, <laughs> needed uh, uh, to fulfil the role of a gorilla, I I I like Joe's costume. I'm but I'm maybe I'm a tie wearer. We do like we do crave things in our own image, don't we, narcissists that we are? He said, doing a podcast where all the talking is done by him. <sighs> now, um, oh, she's so magical, isn't she, uh, Katie? Now I'm going to have to be. Um, good here because left to my own devices I would always choose moments from actors uh, I'm not going to be able to tell you where things were filmed or uh, you know locations are not my thing by Richard Bignall's location book uh, but I will probably bore on about obscure things about the actors because although this is because in the book this scene here where the doctor and Joe meet each other and have a chat uh, is a bit of a sort of timey-wimey thing um, and was supposed to be a sort of witty bookend to the story so that we got this scene again at the end uh, uh, but from the other perspective and there's and, and it's interesting because they've got the yellow CSO cloth there but they they haven't replaced the background now I'm, I know I can't, I'm not sure if they intended to but you could in the earlier shot you could see the floor uh, which would have which I think did cause a row between the designer and the, the David Marskoff Jones and the and the director Paul Bernard uh, and I think and I know Paul Bernard had done an experimental session to try because CSO uh, color separation overlay is also known as blue screen Although, I th and I think I'm right in saying that this is the first time yellow had been used, which means that Joe can wear a denim dress uh, because, uh, or skirt, sorry, because blue would normally uh, disappear with blue screen. 
So uh, just no yellow clothes for Joe this week. Um, but actually, there's no CSO in operation there because they didn't replace the background. I don't know if they intended to, but I, I certainly know there was a there was a problem because they didn't paint the floor yellow or colour the floor, which meant they couldn't do... Yeah, which I think meant they couldn't do the keying. Um, and yes, there was certainly a row between... And I think Paul Bernard had a background in design. Uh, he's certainly a very visual... This is his first Doctor Who, and he's a very visually interesting director. He brings lots of sort of jazzy uh, cross, crossings between scenes and... Uh, and some bits in, uh, in in the future that we'll see later. Uh, uh, there's some really experimental and exciting stuff. This is a nice location. Um, and, oh, Tim Condren is back again. Uh, he's, he's He pops up a few times in Doctor Who. He even gets a line in the Web of Fear because he's one of the soldiers in the Covent Garden fight because they're all, um, I think, pre-Havoc stuntmen. Uh, and I think he goes, they're coming, sir! Or something like that. Um and uh that's a funny old uh, running running shot anyway um uh and he got acting parts i saw him not that long ago in a very odd um nigel neal play uh, with roger daltrey where he had actually quite a reasonable part but he's normally he's there to get thumped and fall fall over uh i love the ogrons don't you uh i i think their costumes are absolutely fantastic uh, the the leather thing that they've got going on, but the colours, those done colours, uh, and they look really good, and they're really tall and sort of. Uh, but I, yeah, I remember being slightly surprised because on the on the book cover of Doctor Who and the Space War, the novel of Frontier in Space, that the the, a, the painting is of a of a sort of location shot of the Ogron where the hair is sort of curled. And it looked, and I thought for ages the the ogrons had a sort of sideburns that turned into a, a a hairy growth that went into the into the mouth. So they'd have a sort of almost like chewing their moustache. But actually, that's quite a nice design idea. It wasn't. It was just the angle that the the hair was curling at. But yeah, I thought I thought an ogron had a sort of had a sort of yeah you know, sort of slightly moustache, but coming out of the side of the mouth and up up the sideburns. Uh, so I was quite surprised when they when they didn't when I finally saw them. But um, a bit like Chris, who's chosen this, I've only heard his introduction. I will hear his favourite things at the end of, the, you know, the appropriate episode. Um, he's challenged himself with this one, and he's challenging me because he found Pertwee uh, difficult to like. I've 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 always enjoyed Pertwee, but I I have to say when I when I first saw his stories, having imagined them from the Target books. They, they were always a disappointment and I actually had to, uh, although this location stuff's great, it's fantastic, there's a real sense of, of scale about it, all those extras and the, uh, and you know, you could see far into the distance, that's a nice big shot. Um, but they were, they were never quite how I'd, uh, how I'd envisaged them and, and it was only much later, actually I did a, when I did my book with Rob Shearman running through corridors and I sort of, watched with a view to enjoying and I watched in context that uh, I learned to sort of love the Pertwee era as much as I did others um I it now it must be something to do with the costumes but I think I think the soldiers in this the unit soldiers look more soldierly than they sometimes do uh 
and I don't know why that is. I think it must be the costumes, but Benton looks Benton looks great in that outfit. And there's that that brilliant picture of him, isn't there, with the with the walkie-talkie, which is a great uh, a great shot of Benton, um, one of the publicity pictures. And here we are in the future. We don't know yet, but people have shiny faces and the sets are lit green. And um, <laughs> I love this bit. For all the wrong ways. Now I think that's this was filmed at two different times. So the the, the wide shot with the with the two of them and the back of the controller's head, um, where he goes no complications, w was filmed first. And then I think they retook the close up because they decided the ogrons had to speak in a different way. Which and he had he had a different line as well. So it was it was changing the uh, the. The, the content as well but i guess maybe they did that because um they they didn't want the ogrons to speak like no complications they wanted them to speak um so <laughs> but it is a bit like burr, 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 burr. yes and no complications um, but um fortunately they don't have many lines but the slow drawl it does it does work with what they look like i don't think you'd want them to come in and say uh, my lord, I have brought you news from Rome, uh, which is essentially sort of what he's doing, but uh, in future speak. Um, although that would be quite funny if they were terribly, if they were terribly Shakespearean. But there's quite a few Shakespearean monsters in Doctor Who. There are quite a few sort of droney droney monsters in Doctor Who as well. But I, I, I think, I think the speech pattern they went for is better. Although the fact that he then now I'm not supposed to be watching this archly. The things I enjoy cannot be, oh, I like it because it's rubbish. Because I don't like Doctor Who because it's rubbish. I, 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 I'm a great, you know, I'm, uh, I, I, I don't watch Doctor Who with, um, you know, a, a sort of uh, arch postmodernist eye. Um, and I actually get a bit, now I'm all for people to sort of enjoy the sort of compy, campy, frothy nonsense that Doctor Who can sometimes be. Although, again, Doctor Who was never really camp to me. It was always... I don't think I've got a good camp uh, camp radar. Um, uh, although my partner says I can be uh, sometimes camp and I don't know what she's talking about. Um, but um, I, no, I enjoyed Doctor Who because it was exciting and it was scary. Um, and, it w and when it was funny, it was when it was meant to be funny, when the jokes were good or the, the actors did a witty thing. Um, and I went through a period actually of getting very cross with people that, um, sort of like Doctor Who because they thought it was rubbish um, partially because that's how the media sort of went that was the story the media told so then people at say university would say to me oh yeah Doctor Who was good because it was fit enough wasn't it I was going no you did, you weren't watching it when you were eight going ha 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 yes uh, I'm, I'm sort of rather archly askance at this you were you were you were thrilled and excited and a thing that can do that is good quality now obviously we're watching stuff that's quite old and so certain naiveties or ways of doing things that are dated or looks that are dated now can cause us amusement but um i'm i'm less switched on to that i think not that there is anything wrong with people enjoying doctor who in a different way from me and unless as i say they're sort of slagging it off which doesn't does annoy me um uh so so i i'm i'm when i i think it's cheating of me i i think I, 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 yeah, I think it's cheating of me if I choose something because huh, it's a bit rubbish. 
um, because I, I no, I'm 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 looking to I'm looking to enjoy this on its own terms. But who knows? Who knows? This is early days for this podcast and this video, and I will probably be uh, dictated to by what you want. Should anybody send me feedback, and I'm not shouting into the void, love that. Although I just saw a boom, but I it's kind of worth it for that lovely sort of pan back. There's a real there's a there's a real sort of sense of depth with the sets there in uh, in Dalekville, um, which which I know is a, a common thing throughout the story, and I'll I'll probably be talking about again. Uh, and I, I do like I do like the costumes in this. It's who I think it's Mary Husband, isn't it? And I think it's her only one. Uh, what do I know about Mary Husband? Not much apart uh, apart from whose husband. Uh, wasn't her husband. I think she was the partner of Jimmy Perry, one of the co-writers of Dad's Army and the Crofton Perry. I'm not telling you which one he was. Um, sitcoms uh, for many for until he died, I think, at the time of his death. Uh, Mary husband. Um, uh, and I, in fact, I think I put somebody who was writing something about this in touch with her but i don't think they had much luck uh, uh sometimes that happens i get an email going do you know where so and so is and i go well i don't but i'll find them uh, and, and i did <laughs> um uh that's how i spend my time sometimes unpaid um and there's a lot of people like that in the sort of world of doctor who sort of you know sharing knowledge and uh, and helping to add to the the great sum of some total of things that we know and people that we track down. Uh, I, I'm often calling upon uh, other people to go, have you ever tracked down so-and-so? I love this. I love the guy. In fact, I've done a podcast ab about this, one of my other podcasts, um, Indefinable Magic. I've done one about food and I use this as the sort of the key text <laughs> in my, uh, in my uh, sort of Doctor Who foodiness. That's a nice shot of the sergeant's feet. And yeah, the way they're shooting the soldiers, they look, uh, I think they look more realistic. Um, uh, and then this is night, isn't it? It's darkness, it's closing in, which is lovely. And that going into the tunnel and the and, and the time effect, that's that's really good. Um, and we're back with Pertwee. Yes, supping his wine. The doctor is a pretentious wine bore. And yet I don't care because John Pertwee does that very well and in a way that to me is not annoying nor pompous um uh chris because i i kind because i think he pitches it just right but what this did to me i can taste that red wine because of the acting and because of the way that it's written uh, i can taste that gorgonzola cheese um, and when i was a kid my mum was very much for she grew a lot of our food because we didn't have much money. So, you know, f food wasn't just uh, uh, something that she'd worked hard for to buy. It was also something she worked hard for to, 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 to bring up from the very bowels of the earth. Um, so we had to, you know, we were taught to appreciate food um, and, and we would sort of try new things. And she liked things like blue cheese. So that was on the table. Uh, and I remember trying it, thinking it was manky old stuff. I mean, it is. It's basically curdled milk that mould's grown on. But I love blue cheese. And now the oozier a cheese, the better. Um, and, I, and I love John Levine's acting of, 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 the, 
of the thwarted famishedness um and 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 i remember and i remember the unjust i don't like the way richard franklin drinks the wine because if that's a good wine there's no way that would knock you sick if you guzzled it like that although actually it's not as bad as i remember it um i remember him sort of draining the whole lot like it was ribena it's actually not as bad as that so i might give him a pass uh, the memory has cheated but um the idea that yeah that that food um you know that those complex flavors were something a, a gourmand like the doctor a man of sophisticated intelligence and experience would sort of savor and enjoy i got that idea that so if i didn't like a food it wasn't because it was nasty or horrible it's because i i hadn't quite sort of assimilated it yet so i i'd go back to it and, and now a, a glass of red wine and a and a pokey gorgonzola would be right up my street i don't drink anymore so sadly uh I, I won't be having any of that red wine but i can taste that i can smell it um but that, sadly the only uh the only things around here that are sardonic and cynical are me and age has done that <laughs> not in a barrel um uh and one of the reasons i i've chosen to go with this one i've had a i've had a few friends um, I, I sort of sent out a, a May Day going, I'm doing this podcast, um, uh, you know, choose a story, tell me some things. And, and uh, a, a, a few came in and Chris, Chris was amongst the first batch. Lovely Chris Boyle. Check out his stuff. Um, but the reason I thought I'd go with Day of the Daleks, because it's four parts, which seems to me, uh, you know, the standard. In fact, when I was growing up, I thought all Doctor Who stories were four parts. I was utterly baffled when I discovered, because uh, I, I mean, my earliest memories are... Um, sort of key to time season season 17 in particular um uh so four parts seems to me to be the sort of you know the, the standard model of doctor Who. now you two sure if that that could be a great 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 granddad um obviously and, and he sort of enjoyed doing that which is odd because they're goodies um uh, so, so they make they make very little effort not to not to kill anybody um now this is, uh, and and one of the reasons I sorry I I chose this one as well is that uh, Shura, who we've just seen k kill somebody in cold blood, is played by Jimmy Winston, who, as I record this, has just passed away. He was on my to-do list of people to contact. Uh, 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 he was a keyboard player with a rock band called the Small Faces, which will mean an awful lot to those of you who know a lot about music. Uh, and he would have been uh, a fascinating subject for an interview. But he is on the uh, he is on the DVD. And uh, Steve Roster, I know, who interviewed him for the documentary, said he was a great bloke and a fascinating uh, interviewee. Gypsy Kemp, who's this radio operator here, uh, uh, was also known as Sarah Kemp uh, and acted under that name in Australia, where she became one of the few. And I don't know if there are any others. I'm sure there probably are, but she was a regular uh actor actress in sons and daughters the australian soap that uh, uh, we would get on in the daytime uh, before davis and home on away came and uh, uh, dominated the schedules uh, sons and daughters was the australian import and sarah kemp was a regular in that and i think katie knew katie manning knew her i don't know i I've, i have talked to katie about this and i can't remember because the problem is now when i interview people i'm so got so many eyes on the recorders working and everything being right and bloody bloody blah and actually doing my job that i don't actually retain the information so it's i have talked to 
to Katie Manning about Gypsy slash Sarah Kemp. I think they were mates um, out in Australia. She's uh, no longer with us, sadly. Um, Gypsy Kemp. Um, the, uh, this is glorious, isn't it? John Pertwee drinking a glass of whiskey whilst doing karate on a guy. <laughs> that is so Doctor Who. That is so John Pertwee's Doctor Who. I think Pert was great. Um, now we, we, we. I, I've never quite got to the bottom of of why the factotums uh, of the future have shiny faces at all and, and and speak like that. Um, you know, it's to suggest that they are Dalek-y, I guess. I love that um cut from the control room to the same shot of the controller in the Daleks control console although i don't remember that screen being as wobbly as that and i it's really wobbling in the wind i i, I remember that being sort of and i've seen this many times and as a as an adult you know so this isn't a childhood memory um being faulty that's that's flapping away isn't it uh, but nonetheless it facilitated that great cut is an enemy of the daleks i mean you could just bore people to death goldie um <laughs> uh that yeah they're not the greatest dalek voices but i'm here to celebrate so let's uh jump over that this this is very this 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 uh this this um fading between daleks is quite a nice way to herald the end of the episode the daleks are back that is episode one of day of the daleks uh which i don't know about you i found plenty to enjoy in uh, and I haven't even mentioned uh, Aubrey Woods. Um, uh, but I have to choose something that is my favourite thing about that episode. And I think it has to be... Um, it has to be the cheese and wine. Um, it has to be... Uh, I, th I think... The fact that, because I remembered from the book the RHIP thing, and I and I wondered if that was something that was in the book, like a, a like a lot of things that then didn't make it into the TV version, like Trenchard's uh, safety catch in in uh, in the Sea Devils and various uh, uh, various other bits that had been really memorable in the books that that turned out not to be in the TV episodes. That one is uh, in the TV episode. Um, and I and I love the look on John Levine's face. I, I, I and I, I remember thinking it's so unfair. Um, so even though it's just a sort of little bit of, uh, of of comedy in the episode, it's it's actually very memorably done. And and I particularly like what it what it says about sort of the enjoyment of uh, of complex food uh, and 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 how your palate is something that perhaps needs needs to assimilate stuff in order to to enjoy things that are complex and and strange which you know doctor who itself is so uh it's the cheese and wine party it's my favorite thing about episode one what is my friend chris boyle's favorite thing about episode one my favorite part of episode one is um aubrey woods um, he's possibly the best thing of the entire story, to be honest. His performance just gets better as the story goes on. Um, he plays the controller, and his stillness, his diction, oh, it's amazing. He completely sells the most ridiculous character in this episode. Um, he looks like an evil Gary Newman, but he plays him with the gravitas of Daniel Day-Lewis. Superb. 
I'm also going to predict that Toby will mention Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory during this episode. Uh, well, you predict wrong. I, did, I barely mentioned Aubrey Woods at all. And I think subconsciously that's because I, I, I'm keeping sort of stuff in the back of my head in reserve in case I run out of things to say. Um, I, I, and I, I love Aubrey Woods and I know he's going to be some an aspect of this that I will talk about a lot. But, but Chris has been quite canny there, I think, without realising it, because he's now chosen, as he says, he gets better as the story goes on. So I probably had Aubrey Woods up there in reserve to do for later episodes, uh, but now can't because Chris has chosen him. That's one of the rules. I'm not entirely sh- sure what the rules are, but that's that's one of them. I can't pick something that's already been picked or I don't know. Um, Wales gets set on fire. As I say, the rules are a bit a bit vague at this point in proceedings. So Chris has chosen Aubrey Woods. I've chosen the the Gorgonzola and the wine, which is so which was so memorable, and I I find very enjoyable. And as I say, I like what it says about I'm a fu- I'm a I'm a firm believer in 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 not wasting food and in trying new food. And uh, and there's nothing that I won't I won't eat actually because I've gone back. To, to try things having not liked them and my life is better for it um so uh so there we go that's the end of episode one uh go and crack open a merlot while you still can uh i'll go and get some some dairy lee and ribena uh and then return here for episode two but that was the first one i hope you enjoy being in my house watching doctor who with me um and uh, that you'll come and do it again in, for the next episode of Day of the Daleks. So I'll see, see you and speak to you then. Good night to you. If you'd uh, like to hear a little bit more from me, uh, but you are too old to enrol on the A-level law course at the FE college that I teach at, but you are a fan of trivia that's liberally punctuated with bad language, Um, then you can tune into my occasional podcast, Chris Boyle Didn't Know That. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and I'm sure loads of other podcast providers as well. Um, Thank you very much, and goodbye. Chris Boyle downplays his comedy in his intro to these episodes, which is typical of him, but also wrong. He's talented, very friendly, somewhat geeky, and very engaging. And uh, I know you'd be tuned in to what he's saying, so please check him out. He's also got a lovely singing voice and is putting various videos out there on top of his podcasts. Since recording his biog for us, he has rebooted and relaunched his podcast, which now goes under the name Chris Boyle's Mild Life Crisis. Check it out. You'll have fun. Happy Times and Places was presented by me, Toby Haydock, and my special guest was Chris Boyle. The music for Happy Times and Places was specially composed by Dave Gates.
If you enjoy these commentaries and would like to support them, and indeed all my other podcasts, you can find details of those at www.tobyhadoke.com, please do so at patreon.com forward slash tobyhadoke, where you can be a subscriber, you get special goodies there, or if you just want to do a one-off payment every now and again when you're feeling flush or kindly disposed towards me, or you just think I might need a coffee, um, literal or metaphorical, uh, please go to Kofi ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock. Your support is always appreciated. Please also rate these podcasts and tell all your friends about them, unless you hate them, in which case go somewhere that you like instead. Thank you. Doctor Who is copyright the BBC, and no attempt has been made to infringe that copyright. I just like talking about Doctor Who. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Toby Haydoke YouTube channel.